It's Monday, March the 23rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, a third of a million cases of COVID-19 and stimulus stuck in America's Senate. First, the world in brief. The novel coronavirus continued its devastating march across the globe as the number of confirmed cases surpassed 336,000 and deaths approached 15,000. Singapore all but sealed its borders, India's biggest cities went on lockdown, Australia's Prime Minister announced restrictions on pubs and restaurants. President Donald Trump approved a disaster declaration for the American states of California, New York and Washington. Lombardy, the Italian region hit worst by the outbreak, banned outdoor exercise. America's Senate failed to pass a stimulus bill to soften the blow from the coronavirus pandemic. Democrats criticized the $2 trillion package, which would be Congress's largest ever financial rescue for concentrating too much on big businesses. Stock futures fell sharply. If a new deal is not reached, Republicans plan another vote on the same bill shortly after the American markets open. Iran's supreme leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei rejected an American offer to help battle COVID-19, calling the proposed humanitarian assistance strange. Iran has recorded a greater number of cases than any country other than China and Italy. Iranian authorities have blamed American sanctions for their struggle to contain the disease. The committee organizing the Olympic Games in Tokyo has begun to plan for the possibility of postponing this summer's event, officials told Reuters. Japan's government has maintained that the Olympics must go on, the Games having become a pet project of the Prime Minister Abe Shinzo. Canada announced unilaterally that it will not be sending its Olympians this year. Primark, a fast fashion retailer, planned to close all 189 of its stores in Britain just days after shuttering its outlets in Europe and America. It also cancelled future orders from suppliers. Primark's closures follow similar moves by John Lewis and Topshop, highlighting the strain retailers face as consumers remain at home to avoid spreading the coronavirus. Britain's financial regulator asked companies with shares listed in London to delay publishing preliminary results for at least a fortnight. The financial statements come ahead of full annual reports. The regulator said it wanted to give companies enough time to assess the damage wrought by COVID-19 and ensure that investors are given accurate information. And infection stalked the high and the mighty and the fallen. Angela Merkel, Germany's Chancellor, quarantined herself after meeting a doctor who tested positive for COVID-19. In America, Senator Rand Paul, a small government firebrand whose father derided the coronavirus as a hoax, also tested positive. Harvey Weinstein, a movie mogul convicted of rape, was reported to have caught it in prison. And now, here's today's agenda. Justice delayed, the Supreme Court goes dark. For the first time since 1918, a public health crisis has interrupted hearings at America's Supreme Court. Among the 11 oral arguments that were due to be heard between today and April 1st are two related disputes over whether a New York prosecutor and congressional committees may subpoena President Donald Trump's financial records. With no date set for hearings to resume and the pandemic worsening, the term's final nine engagements still on the calendar for late April are also in question. Many could be resolved without argument or when the court reconvenes in October. 
More pressing are the case of Mr Trump's financial records and a dispute over whether states may punish faithless electors who do not vote the way they pledged to in the Electoral College. The justices could hear such cases in a largely empty courtroom, or they could find an electronic solution that protects them while giving Americans a glimpse into matters of great public interest. Not minding the gap, Britons disregard social distancing. On March 20th, Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, instructed all of the country's pubs and restaurants to shut to help stem the spread of COVID-19. Yet data released over the weekend suggests that Britons are still mingling more than people in most other Western countries. CityMapper, a route planning map with 20 million users, created a mobility index that estimates how much people are moving around in a selection of 40 cities compared with a typical day. Western Europe and North America have seen the sharpest declines, as the virus has claimed hundreds of lives in several countries. But among places where the death toll has reached three figures, Britain is an outlier. On March 20th, mobility in London, Manchester and Birmingham hovered around 25% of normal levels. New York was at 10%, with Rome, Paris and Madrid all at 5% or below. Unless Britain's government takes more strident action and its people follow official advice, the country may be headed for trouble. Airing Dirty Laundry, the Swedbank Report For Sweden's oldest bank, the reckoning for serious deficiencies in its anti-money laundering measures in its Baltic operations has been painful. On March 19th, Swedbank was fined 4 billion Swedish krona, $398 million, by Sweden's Financial Supervisory Authority for shoddy AML controls and for withholding documents from regulators who had investigated reports that 135 billion euros, $145 billion of high-risk money, allegedly sloshed through its Estonian branch. Today, Clifford Chance, a law firm, will present the findings of an internal Swedbank probe covering transactions between 2007 and 2019. The bank has reportedly launched 152 initiatives to avoid a repeat of the scandal. Nevertheless, big fines loom elsewhere. The internal report is expected to shed light on hundreds of transactions that potentially violated American sanctions. Swedbank's only consolation is that it is not alone. Other European banks ensnared in recent money laundering scandals include Danske Bank and ING. European authorities face a balancing act strengthening AML enforcement, including fines, at a time when, thanks to COVID-19, bank balance sheets are under increasing strain. Heading south, the Rainbow Nation braces for COVID-19. South Africans are slowly adjusting to the new reality brought by COVID-19. Since the first case in the country was announced on March 5th, President Cyril Ramaphosa has announced a ban on travellers from China and most of Europe. Gatherings of more than 100 are prohibited. But there is a growing sense that it is too late. As of March 22nd, South Africa reported 274 cases, the highest official tally in sub-Saharan Africa, up from 116 four days before. This is worrying in a country with the world's highest number of people with HIV-AIDS and a parlous economy. The unemployment rate is nearly 30% and the country is in its second recession in two years. Families can ill afford to lose their breadwinner and the state cannot afford to help much. Sadly, South Africans are familiar with trauma and tough times. They will need to draw on all those reserves of resilience. Supposedly fun, never again. 
COVID-19 cripples cruise lines. At the start of January, cruise lines were expecting a record-breaking wave season, the quarter during which they sell a majority of their holidays. Cruise revenues at Carnival, the world's largest operator, grew 10% last year to $20.4 billion. Its executives were expecting an even better 2020. That was until the spread of COVID-19. Now an industry with global revenues of nearly $50 billion a year is almost completely shut down. Cruise ships, sold as the safe and easy way to see the world, have come to be seen as disease-infested traps. The crisis has made some carnival ships infamous. The Diamond Princess eventually tallied 700 cases, and the Grand Princess, whose quarantine ends today, dozens. The world's three largest cruise lines, which account for nearly 80% of global capacity, have suspended all voyages for months. With operators' reputations in tatters and their shares down 80 to 90 percent, investors have been left to wonder whether this industry will ever make a full recovery. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Friedrich Hayek, who died on this day in 1992. What a free society offers to the individual is much more than what he would be able to do if only he were free. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 